Hi, welcome to Building a Business That Lasts. My name is Jay Owen, and I'm your host. On a quest towards stories, tips, and ideas that will help you grow a business without being stressed out, worn out, and ready to quit. Each week, I'll interview other business owners who have successfully grown businesses of all types for many years. It's my hope that these conversations will help you build a business that lasts. This next guest has been on ABC's Extreme Makeover, CBS's The Doctor, Larry King Live, Steve Harvey, and Oprah. Dr. Bill Dorfman is literally the dentist to the celebrities. He's been in practice for over 30 years now. He's responsible for the company uh, that helped make Zoom whitening, which later sold to Philips for $1.3 billion. On this episode, he talks about his key to success from growing up in a family who didn't have money to now he's in a place where he has all kinds of celebrities coming to him for help. He speaks all over the country, all over the world, actually, and he has some amazing foundations and areas where he gives back. So I can't wait to share this interview with you of Dr. Bill Dorfman. Hey, real quick, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a special offer on my brand new book, Building a Business That Lasts, just like the podcast title. It just came out and you can grab a free copy today. All you've got to do is cover the cost of shipping and handling. I can't wait to get this in your hands. Go online right now and grab your copy. Just go to getjaysbook.com. That's getjaysbook.com and you can get your free copy sent right out to you. So go check it out. And without any further ado, here is today's episode. Hey, Dr. Dorfman, thanks for being on the show. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thank you. So I'm really excited to talk to you because uh, you've just had an incredible level of experience, exposure, and opportunity. And you know, a lot of people might listen to this and think, well, this is a podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners. Why do you have a dentist on the show? But the reality is you're a lot more than a dentist. And I'd love to hear kind of a little bit of your own journey. I've already kind of gone over your bio in a pre-record of the show, but I'd love for you to kind of tell your journey of you started off as a dentist, but now you're really much more than that. You've built businesses, you've had some major connection opportunities. You've worked with some incredible uh, celebrities and personalities. And I'd love to, for you to kind of talk about your journey from the beginning of starting dentistry and then transitioning into really entrepreneurship, which is where you are now. I'd love to. Ask me anything you want. I'm an open book. So tell me a little bit about your journey you know, from the beginning. What, what got you from being a dentist, which there's a lot of dentists out there, to making that transition into starting different businesses, entrepreneurship, things like that? You know, I think a lot of people look around their world and they say, man, I wish there was a widget. I wish there was a, and nothing ever happens. I don't do that. It's like, if I think, man, there should be a new whitening system, I just made one. And uh, I think that so many people, you know, grow older and regret never having lived their dreams. And I'm not one of those people. I, uh, I graduated dental school in 1983. I grew up in a very, very low income family. I never got to travel. I never saw the world. I, you know, I was really fortunate to get scholarships to go to UCLA and the dental school and, you know, but I'd never really seen the world. And I thought, you know, I'm 23 years old. I don't want to be tied down to a practice for the rest of my life where I won't be able to see anything. So I heard about a clinic in Switzerland 
And it was pretty much the only place in the world where you could practice with the U.S. license without getting another license. Um, but there were 400 applicants for one position. There was no reason in the world they should have ever hired me. None. I didn't speak French. I had no experience. I mean, I was as green as green could be. But I sent this guy like 30 letters of recommendation, the director. I called him weekly. And eventually, one day, I just did something. And I teach a program at UCLA called LEAP. It's a motivational leadership program for high school and college kids. It's, it's every summer for students 15 to 25. And one of the things we teach at LEAP is how to become successful. And I will tell the kids, there will be moments in your life that are going to define your future. And you may plan it, you may not plan it, but they happen. And this was one of those life-defining moments where I was on the phone with him and I realized I was not going to get this job. And I said, hey, can I take you to lunch? He goes, but you're in San Francisco. I'm like, I'll fly out, which was a joke because I had no money anyhow. (laughs) He said, sure. So I did. I flew to Switzerland and I took the guy to lunch and he hired me. And I think I was the only one of the 400 people that did that. And I tell kids this at LEAP all the time. Successful people are willing to do the things that unsuccessful people are not. And I think I was probably the only person who flew to Switzerland and met him. But for me, that was an amazing opportunity. I got to spend two years in Lausanne. Je parle français maintenant avant je papa. I speak French perfectly. I, before, I couldn't speak a word of it. I have great friends that I'm still in contact with, and it it changed the whole course and direction of my life. So I practiced there for two years. I came back to L.A. I worked with an older dentist. The plan was I was going to take over his practice. Within two years, my practice exceeded his. Hmm. And he said, Bill, you don't need to buy my practice you're doing better than me. Go out on your own. And he literally gave me his blessing. So I did. And within a few years, tooth whitening becomes popular. The initial whitening kits that were available were were being sold to patients. Now, this is in 1989 for $800. And they stunk. The, The packaging was bad. The flavor was disgusting. The results were marginal. And and, and they came in a plastic bag with mimeographed, you don't even know it, you're too young. Before (laughs) Xerox machines, there was this thing called a mimeograph. It was like the worst quality printing ever. It even faded over three months. The paper became white. And that's what they were selling for. And the patients were paying $800 for this. And one day... I get a phone call from the leading company saying, you know, Dr. Dorfman, you are our biggest client in the world. I'm like, really? I said, well, as long as I have you on the phone, I have some ideas. Why don't you do this and this and this and this? And they're like, you're 30 years old. What do you know? And they basically kind of brushed me off. So I thought, you know what? If they're not going to do it, I will. I happened to be at a charity event, and ironically, I found that so many times when I was really committed to giving back and being involved in charity, amazing things happened back to me. Hmm. And lo and behold, I was at an 
of all things, a bachelor option where I was being auctioned off to like a thousand women for a charity. (laughs) And the guy in line in front of me became my best friend, Robert Heyman. And Robert was the son of Fred Heyman, who developed Giorgio Cosmetics. And Robert had a background in marketing and manufacturing and distribution. And I had a background in dentistry and marketing through the School of Hard Knots. And um, Robert and I became best friends and we launched Discus Dental. And Discus Dental became a company which we grew with no investors, with no capital, with nothing but just sheer guts and desire. And we grew that to over $1.3 billion in sales with Zoom and Nightwhite and Daywhite and Brightsmile and a plethora of other dental products. We had more than 150 dental products and we sold in over 100 countries worldwide. And it was uh, an amazing experience. There you go, in a nutshell. That's a, that's quite a story. I mean, there's so many like big takeaways there I think are really valuable for people to think through because I think what happens with a lot of people is, let's take your example. They go to school. They you know didn't grow up in a wealthy family. Um, and to become a dentist, like for a lot of people, that would be enough. Like that would be like the big thing. Like I got, I'm a doctor, I'm a dentist and you could make pretty good money just being a dentist. But then like you said, you, you had these visions and ideas of how you could do things better. What I always tell people is ideas are junk unless you're going to actually execute on them. And, and taking those steps to go, no, I'm going to do the extra step. I heard somebody say one time to really be successful, you have to be willing to do the unscalable. And that's kind of like what you did with the trip out to Switzerland. If you hadn't taken that step, how many of the other connections might not have happened, you know, as a result of that one decision to, to go the extra mile and, and push a little bit farther than maybe anybody else would. Yeah. Um, there, the two key points that I try to basically drive into kids' heads when they come to leap are these. Number one, don't wait for opportunities. Make them. I can't even tell you how many people I know. I, I, I mean, <laughs> come to L.A. sometime. It is amazing how many unemployed people there are out there, and they're just waiting for the universe to show them what to do. I'm like, you know what? The universe is pretty busy. You know what I mean? Like, you need to make a direction. Number two, and this is bigger, when you get an opportunity, master it. When I got an opportunity to be on ABC's Extreme Makeover, and I saw the impact that that made on the sales of my company, I was smart enough to realize I stunk on TV. The first few episodes, I literally looked like a deer in headlights. (laughs) And instead of accepting that, I went out and I took acting class, hosting class, teleprompting. I mean, I did everything I could do to be the best me that I could be on TV because that was a direct reflection of the sales of our company. And our company sales went from a plateau of 76 million a year to the first year I was on Extreme Makeover, 101 million to 134 million to the next year, 176 million. We got free exposure. ABC gave me a platform to be on primetime TV and literally for the first time ever show people that 
dentistry didn't have to hurt. It wasn't that scary. And yeah, a beautiful smile can change your life. And by the way, it doesn't work if you have yellow teeth, so do Zoom. And it was like amazing. <laughs> and, you know, just to speak to the power of that, even the brand and the name itself, you know, before I started on the podcast, I kind of just stuck my head out in the office to the team. I was like, who of you have heard of Zoom whitening before? And everybody raises their hand. Like, that's pretty amazing, especially like when you consider my staff ranges in age from 23 to probably 45-ish. And they all like know what that product is. And that's pretty cool. Well, here's another life-defining moment. So we shoot the pilot, right, for, for Extreme Makeover. I did Zoom on three patients. That's it. The ABC didn't really realize at that point yet what an impact dentistry could have. You know, they, they asked me how much I wanted to be reimbursed. I said, ah, don't worry about it. You know, I'm an owner in the company. We go ahead, we get picked up for our first season, 22 episodes. First patient, first season, needs 20 veneers, 10 uppers, 10 lowers. At the time, we were charging $1,500 a two, so that's a $30,000 case. Now, you have to understand, everybody on Extreme Makeover got paid. The plastic surgeons, the hairstylists, the weight trainer, I mean, everybody. So I submitted an invoice for $30,000, and the second it hit their desk, they called up and said, Doc, we have a problem. I said, what? They said, we didn't budget that much for dentistry. I'm like, well, what, what do you want me to do? They said, well, can you do three veneers? I'm like, what do you want me to do, like every other tooth? I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, like they all have to match. And it was a spur of the moment, game day decision. I said this, I'll tell you what, I'll do all the dentistry for free under the following conditions. Number one, I'm the only dentist. Because if I was on there, I didn't want some hack being on there and then people confusing us. Right. Number two, you have to highlight Zoom in every episode. Now, this was the beginning of you know, reality TV. Right. They didn't really realize the power of that. You know, today that would never happen. You know, I would even have to pay. To, but they said, okay. And number three, you need to give my laboratory credit. I did not want to have to pay a $10,000 lab bill every time we did a case. And they agreed to all three of those. And as a result, I was pretty much the only dentist on the show. The only other time there was a, another dentist on there was when they were friends of mine that I wanted to kind of share the love with. And, um, you know, and our company exploded. So I never got paid by ABC, but I got paid okay. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's just a true testament to like figuring out those relationships and understanding like the long game there too. Cause you knew, you knew the, you know, like the reality of what you could, you could potentially achieve out of it and what you were willing to work for. Yeah. Well, but you have to understand prior to extreme makeover, dentistry did not have a very good image in the media, you know, marathon man, little shop of horrors. I mean, we were always the brunt of every bad joke in the root canal. And this, this was the first time ever, and on primetime TV, that we got an opportunity to show people the good side of dentistry. And I'll tell you something. At the end of the day, when these people were nipped and tucked and everything else in the world, and you said, what made the biggest difference to you? It's always their teeth. It's always their yeah. smile. 
It makes a huge difference. And I mean, for, huge. And for all the criticism that people gave, like, oh, you know, they didn't have to have breast augment. They never criticized the dentist. Nobody ever said, you know what? He should have bad teeth. Why did you fix his teeth? Like, we always got like two thumbs up from the audience. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually feeling a little self-conscious about my own teeth right now, but uh, <laughs> oh, they look awesome. being with the, uh, you know, million dollar smile, man, it's pretty cool. So what I'd love to hear though on that, there's two things I want to hit on. One is I want to talk about your like charity involvement and the, you know, the LEAP program things. I think it's interesting that you're involved with that. I think it's an important thing to highlight. But before I do, I was curious on that ABC connection when you first got Extreme Makeover, was that the first big show that you were, cause you've been on Oprah, you've been on Larry King Live, you've been on all kinds of like, shows. Was that the first entrance into TV? And how did you get that relationship to begin with? So this is, this is kind of crazy. About almost 22 years ago, we got a phone call from a group of dentists, Steve Anderson and Greg Anderson. There were the, they were brothers that had this group called the Crown Council. And the Crown Council is a group of dentists committed to education and self-improvement. And they kind of teach you everything except the dentistry, you know, how to run your office, how team dynamics and all that kind of stuff. And they called us up uh, at Discus and they said, look, we'd like to do a fundraiser for St. Jude's Hospital. And what we'd like to do is buy your whitening product at your cost and we'll have dental offices perform the procedure and have the patient write a check directly to Smiles for Life. And we said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll call you back. So uh, we called them back. We said, look, we're not going to sell you the product at our cost. And they're like, oh, really? We said, no, we're going to give it to you. They said, what? So we're going to give it to you. So we donated all the product. Over the last 22 years, we have raised $42 million for children's charities for this. Garth Brooks and I did public service announcements all over the country, basically saying, hey, if you'd like to whiten your smile and help a child smile for life, call one eight seven seven four smiles and you'll be directly connected to a dentist in your area. And that thing just took off like wildfire. And um, it, it, was, it was huge. So, you know, we raised $42 million with the help of all these dentists all over the country uh, doing that, which was an amazing experience. And through that, I also started a nonprofit called LEAP. And LEAP is a motivational leadership program for high school and college kids. It's one week long, LEAP week every year at UCLA. Uh, This year will be July 21st to the 27th, where we bring in amazing speakers. And again, this is a nonprofit. Um, About 400 plus kids come to the program, and I bring in incredibly successful entrepreneurs, you know, business people, celebrities. Last year, I had Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls, uh, Devin Druid from uh, 13 Reasons Why, Paula Abdul. In the past, I've had Michael Strahan, um, Usher, uh, Seth Green, uh, Kevin Nealon. I mean, Eva Longoria, it's an amazing program. And we basically teach these kids how to be successful. We take great kids and help them become even greater. And I'll tell you something. I didn't grow up with, with, with much at all. 
But this has been such a blessing in my life to be able to give back. You know, my parents always said, he who gives receives the greatest gift. And it's true. I mean, for me, from the second Discus started making money, from the second, you know, we were able to, we gave back and we gave back big and we still do. And, you know, for me, that's the greatest part of being able to make money is to, you know, make enough money that you can help other people out. Yeah, I really love that. I mean, I think it's interesting because a lot of people could look at you and think, oh, this guy's, you know, got it all. And you might like you've been on all kind of awesome shows. You've got to work with some amazing celebrities, like you said. But it's been interesting because from the very beginning, there's been this kind of like thread of, you know, connecting back to charity, showing up for opportunities that, you know, may eventually result in you benefiting as well. But that's not the original root purpose. I mean, even going back to what you said about the, you know, the charity auction at the beginning where you, you know, met one person, led to another person, led to another person. I think so many people get caught up in the whirlwind of their day-to-day of business that they forget to just take a pause and go, hey, where can I go help somebody else today? And realize, like you said, that your parents taught you that, you know, the person that gives is often going to, you know, have a return from that in the future. Totally. One of the things that I always am curious about, because obviously you've been in dentistry now for a while, you've had huge entrepreneurial success, but along the way, obviously you came through some roadblocks and especially coming from, like you said, you came from a family who didn't have a lot of money and um, I'm I'm the same way. I'm the oldest of five kids. My dad drove a UPS truck. Like we never traveled and you know, now my wife and I get to go all over the place and, and take our kids everywhere and it's great. But I've had struggles over the years of going, hey, what is a lot of money and what does a lot of success look like? And how do you break through that ceiling? You've obviously been able to do that. What have been some ways that you've kind of gone, yes, I'm worth this and I'm going to keep pushing and keep getting better and keep growing, even though maybe you didn't see that as a child per se. You know, I'm the oldest of five kids also. Mm. I refuse to fail mm. and I never do. And before you think, oh, that's really arrogant, let me explain to you. Failure only happens when you give up. Mm. If I do something and I don't get the results I want, I don't consider that a failure. I consider that practice. And I may practice a bunch before I eventually get the result I want, but I will not give up ever. If there's something I want, I will make sure I get it. And I, I may I could sit here and give you example after example after example, but I'm telling you there is nothing in my life that I ever really wanted to get that I didn't get because I am the most tenacious little dude you'll ever meet in your life. I just won't quit. I just won't. And it's you know so I refuse to fail. I mean, and that's that's really the secret of success. If you ask me, and and I could give you one word, it's tenacity. Tenacity, tenacity, tenacity. That's it. And um, you need to, you know, take it to the mat. You need to be dedicated. You need to not give up. And, you know, at a certain point, you need to say, what do I need to do to make this happen? And most people just don't go that far, you know? It's like they hit a roadblock and, uh, and then they feel bad for themselves and they cry and they whatever. Yeah, stop crying. You know, put on your, you know, your, your toughest face and go out there and face the world and just make it happen. Yeah, I think that's, that's huge. 
I think that's huge. My favorite example of that is actually Abraham Lincoln. You know, people always look at him and think, you know, he's one of the greatest presidents that ever lived. But the reality is that guy went through some of the worst hardship that anybody can imagine. He lost children. He lost spouses. He lost elections. He lost a lot. And then he eventually, because he didn't give up, became one of the greatest presidents that ever lived. And I just think it's so interesting because I think a lot of people can look at somebody like you who has, you know, celebrity status and is in celebrity circles and, and just think, well, it's easy for him to say because of X, Y, or Z. But the reality is it's because you've pushed through all those. When somebody said no, you're like, that's eh, not good enough. I'm going to go find another way. Like when you called that first company and said, hey, let me give you some ideas about this, you know, teeth whitening at the age of 30. And they said, no, you said, great, I'm just going to go build my own thing. That's fine. Um, that tenacity is huge. One of the things I always like to ask people as we start to wind down the show is, the question of work-life balance. I know uh, it means something totally different for everybody. For some people, this I don't even love that term necessarily. But but how have you kind of gone, hey, I want to find harmony in my life, if you will, in all the things that I want to do. I know you have three daughters that you care about and want to spend time with, and, and there's probably other activities you want to do in life other than just work. My guess is you're also the kind of guy who also probably loves his work, which is how I am too. But how do you find that harmony or balance over time? What does that even look like or mean to you when you talk about work-life balance? Well, I mean, first of all, you're right. I do love what I do. Um, In 2010, and it's pretty crazy because if you look at at the back of my phone here, that 10 is from Leap. And basically what we do at Leap, the very first second that these kids come into the program and if any of your listeners want more information or, or has, you know, student 15 and 25 that they'd like to sign up, they can go to www.leapfoundation.com and, um, and sign up for the program. But the very first thing I do when these kids come into the program, is say, I say, listen, when you woke up this morning, whether you thought you did this or not, you put a number on your head. Mm. One being the lowest and 10 being the highest how many of you did not put a 10 on your head? And I'll see these kids kind of sheepishly raise their hand. And I'm like, why not? Who picked the number? You. Why would you pick anything less than a 10? Right? So, you know, we have this culture of teaching kids to act like a 10, to walk like a 10, to talk like a 10, to be a 10 in their life. Ironically, we sold Discus Dental to Phillips on 10, 10, 10 at 10 a.m. <laughs> of course you did. For six or seven months, the merger documents came in on October 10th, 2010 at nine o'clock in the morning. And I literally signed them and held them until exactly 10. So it could be 10, 10, 10 at 10 a.m. I know I could have done 10, 10 a.m., but (laughs) there were enough 10s in there. And I sent that back. And when I did that, it literally changed my life in a second. Mm. I always knew that I'd make a good living as a dentist. Just like you said, for a lot of dentists, dentistry is the end point. I love speaking to dental students. In fact, I'm speaking um, next month in Sweden. I get invited to dental schools all over the world. And the first thing I say when I sit out and I look at that, you know, audience of all these bright, eager, young men and women is I say to them this, and I mean it sincerely, 
I wish for you all the joy and success that I've had in this profession because it has exceeded every expectation I've ever had. And getting back to your question, I don't work because I'm playing the whole time. Right. So I never really feel like it's work. I mean, I really, really love what I do. And as far as, you know, making time, well, I'll tell you, there was a time when I was filming Extreme Makeover for ABC where I was putting in 60 hours a week of dentistry and then filming 14 and 15 hour days on Saturday and Sunday because I couldn't film, I couldn't have a whole crew in the hair, you know, while, you know, while I had patients. I mean, I worked like a dog and you know, as a result, you know, I think that probably is the reason I got divorced, you know, but, but I had a goal inside, you know, and I'll be honest with you, 10, 10, 10, when I sold that company, the next, that was a Sunday, the next day I came to work and I said, you guys, these are my new hours. And I literally cut from a 40 hour work week to 20 hour work week. Everybody looked at me and they thought I had cancer or something. I'm like, no. They said, but we thought you were a workaholic. I said, not by desire. You know, I was supporting a lot of people, my parents, my brother, but, you know, I said, this is my new work schedule. I want to have time to do charity work now and dentistry. And since 10, 10, 10 at 10 a.m., I've worked 20 hours a week as a dentist. And then the rest of the time I, I do, you know, the doctors at ABC, I, I just, finished filming um, a new TV show, which I'm not allowed to talk about, but it, it's going to have huge ratings and I can't tell you what re- network it's on, <laughs> but it's, it's going to be awesome. Friday, I have a screen test for a brand new show, uh, which also sounds like it could be awesome. We just launched a new whitening product, Mobile White, which is super cool. You plug it into your phone. It's got a light activated device that you put in your mouth that um, helps whiten your teeth really fast, really easy, and really convenient. I mean, and, you know, and Leap. I mean, I spent all, the rest of today, I'll be at Leap planning our first Leap fundraiser. For any of your listeners in the L.A. area, uh, they can go on our website again, www.leapfoundation.com. We're going to have our first fundraiser at Smashbox Studios April 24th this year. You know, being a nonprofit, 60% of the kids that come to Leap come on scholarship. And, you know, it's, it's always a lot of work to raise money for those kids. So we're hoping that this fundraiser will help. So I got a lot of balls in there. Well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out that LEAP program because my oldest son, he's actually the oldest of five as well. He is, uh, he'll turn 15 this year. So I'm going to have to check well, that out for him. Yeah, yeah he's, he's an entrepreneurial kid too. He's got the, got the heart for it and he's big into music and he's a great kid. I'm, I'm fortunate. Well, I'll tell you what I love about, about LEAP too is if a kid like that comes at 15 and they're really into it he has the option of coming back next year either as a student or a junior coach oh cool and after they junior coach they can actually be a coach which means you know once he turns 18 he can be a coach where he has a responsibility of having 10 other kids underneath him that he is kind of you know their their coach. And it's, it's a pretty cool experience. And a lot of the kids that have gone through the program, 
were junior coaches and coaches. And for a few years, they were coaches. And then well, we put them up on stage. And, you know, and a few of my students have launched incredibly successful speaking careers as a result of going through LEAP. So it, it's kind of amazing. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out because he's the kind of kid that would, would thrive in that environment. And I think it'd be really good for him. So I'll check that out, leapfoundation.com. If you missed that earlier, check it out. Last question. Uh, I always like to kind of part with this. Uh, this podcast is called Building a Business That Lasts. And you've talked a lot about tenacity. You've talked a lot about teaching. You've talked a lot about giving back. If you had to give kind of one final takeaway for people when they're trying to build their own business, build their own thing into the, into the next level and, and, and make it be something that's going to last over time and improve over time, what's that parting advice that you would want to leave with them um, to think about as the show ends? You know, it, it's funny. I don't know if building a business that lasts is always the objective. For instance, I have two businesses, right? My dental practice and, and Discus Dental. Discus Dental was never a concept that I thought I was going to do forever. Hmm. The plan with Discus Dental was, you know, get our EBITDA up to 20 to 25 million. I could then sell the company for a multiple of eight to 10 times EBITDA and retire. Yeah. It wasn't to build a company that I would have for 50 years. Right. Whereas my dental practice, I mean, you know, provided I stay healthy. And by the way, when you talk about balancing life, you need to exercise. Yes. I don't care who you are and what you do. I go to the gym every day. I just shop for the cover of Men's Health Magazine. And if I get it, I will be the oldest guy on the cover by like 35 years, wow. right? But you cannot have a successful career, life, marriage, relationship, whatever, if you're not healthy. You need to take care of yourself. That's so critical. So, and I will tell you, I don't care where I am in the world. I go to the gym every day for an hour, whether I do cardio or, you know, or weights or whatever it is. I, I may miss a museum in Paris. I won't miss the gym. I just won't. That is a priority in my life that is constant. So, you know, you need to make that an important part of your life, no matter what you do. But as far as building a business, you know, not every business is built to last. Like as long as I stay healthy, I want to practice dentistry. Right. You know, I have a great practice. I have an amazing team. We, um, you know, I see patients about 20 hours a week and I'm doing cosmetic dentistry all the time. I mean, if, if you follow me on my Instagram, you'll see I post a lot of really, really cool dental procedures um, all the time. And, you know, and, and, and it's crazy because Instagram, like who would have ever thought, but I, you know, I'm getting like three or four new patients a week that just follow me on Instagram. I have some like 150,000 followers now. And, um, it, you know, it's a really crazy thing. So I don't think that that's always the objective, you know, discus dental was a bill to sell. My dental practice is a build for life kind of thing. And I think that when you build 
you know, your business, you have to decide what your objective is. But, you know, I would say for both businesses, regardless of whether you want to sell it or, or stay in it, customer service is critical. And we really focus on gold-plated customer service and making sure that the customer always feels like they are the priority because they are and catering to them. And, you know, I'll get emergency calls on the weekend and my patients will be like, I can't believe you actually came in at like midnight. I'm like, yeah, I live across the street. It's not a problem, you know? Um, and, and I do. And, um, you know, I, I'm as accessible as I can be. You know, I, I've never in my entire life not returned a phone call, a test, text message, or an email. And when patients come into our office, we try to cater to all of their needs. If you come in and you're my patient and you need to see an, an orthodontist and a periodontist and an endodontist, we coordinate all your appointments for you. We follow up with you. You know, we give gold-plated customer service. And, you know, that's why I have, I think, 1,700 five-star Google reviews. You know, when people go and look for a dentist and, you know, most dentists have like 10, right? And when they're looking on Google and they're like, wow, this guy has 1,700 five-star reviews, you know, that's an important part of business. The way that businesses work today is completely different than it did when we were growing up, you know? I mean, who would have thought of Google and Google reviews? And, and I only started doing Instagram because my kids were like, dad, look at this, dad. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I should do that. So, you know, but you know what? I didn't just do it. I mastered it. I now have a whole social media team, you know? I mean, it's crazy. I never thought I'd be doing this. But these guys are geniuses, you know, and they make sure that every post I post hits the Explorer page, you know. And when I first started, I was getting like 10, 20 likes. You know, now I'll post up, I get 150 likes, you know, and comments and this and that. And that engagement enables people who don't know me to know me and know my practice and know about Leap and know about, you know, all the stuff I do every Wednesday morning. At 11.30, we do a Meet the Mentor live interview on Instagram, which has become very popular. We get like 30-plus thousand people listening. And Leap Week culminates in a mentor workshop where I bring in mentors, and the students get an opportunity to sit and ask questions. And we have doctors and lawyers and writers and whatever. And so as kind of a preview of what they're going to get at Leap, every Wednesday morning I interview a professional or one of our mentors that comes to the program usually, and we do an Instagram live. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. That's awesome. So much I got out of this interview talking about tenacity, teaching, giving back. And then ultimately that too, I think the last bit there about taking care of yourself was really important. I know I personally have neglected that over time and told myself the lie that I don't have time for it. And you're the proof that that's not true. And I think that's really important for people to see. Uh, Dr. Rourke Dorfman, thank you so much for being on the show today. If people want to find out more about you or, or just look for you on the internet, what's the best place for them to go? Well, if they want to find out about my practice, they can go to uh, Bill Dorfman, DDS.com. But if you want to really like watch and see what I'm doing, just follow me on Instagram. It's Dr. Bill Dorfman. This is the, uh, the photo that uh, 
that we submitted for men's health. <laughs> I need to go to the gym. <laughs> uh, and don't forget, dude, I'm 60. Oh, amazing. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm definitely going to check out that Leap Foundation site for uh, my son as well. And I wish you all the best. And I'll send you the link to this show as soon as it's live. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. I hope this episode has given you some ideas or inspiration that will help you grow your business. If you found it helpful and you know somebody else who might benefit from it as well, I would greatly appreciate it if you would take the time to share this with them, maybe on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, or even shoot an email over to a friend uh, with a link to this podcast in it. And if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for our email list at buildingabusinessthatlasts.com.